G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Kids especially want to be loved and even though they may not seem to respond to you as if they want your love, they do. Yeah. They know where you stand, but they want to know that you love them despite their new thinking or their change of direction. It is indeed a painful experience for a parent to see their child who was brought up in the things of faith only to see them walk away from God. Our guest today is Pastor Keith Glasgow, who authored a book called Exit. We'll be discussing some of the reasons young people want to leave their faith, the importance of maintaining a relationship with your prodigal, and the need to hand this over to God. That's Pastor Keith Glasgow with my wife Kate and myself Brett Ryan. Stay tuned for part two of our conversation for Focus on the Family, Australia. Well, welcome back to the program. Thank you. We heard during our part one of our conversation about some of the reasons why people leave their faith. Can you give us a little bit of a recap? Yeah, there's a number of reasons. I mentioned some of them. Uh, moral choice is a big one, especially with young people um, as they move out and meet other people of the opposite sex and fall in love and so on. And the moral choice is an issue that really has led some to turn away. Um Intellectual conflicts, uh, social pressure, the peer pressure of not just friends, but the whole impact of society out yeah. there, and um, suffering and loss. Mm. And another one I didn't mention was the pursuit of wealth and fame. That um, The Bible says in 1 Timothy, the love of money uh, is the root of all evil, but through this craving, some have wandered away from the faith. So it's not a new thing. It's not a new thing at all, no. Mm. And uh, these exit lanes, as I call them, when people get on the exit lane of a freeway and they begin moving away into a new direction yeah. uh, in these areas. And sometimes it's a combination of them. Uh, one might be a primary cause of moving away, but then others join in yeah. there and add to the weight that leads them that direction. It's interesting. The, the Bible says you can't love both money and Oh God, exactly. you can't you can't do both. No. It's very clear, you know, yeah. and it's been shown over and over. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that money's bad. No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't mean money's bad because God needs to use it for ministry, etc. Yeah. Um, and He blesses people with the ability to earn. But if we become more focused on that and the drive to get that, mm. um, and the more we earn. Sometimes mm -hmm. the more we get more interested yeah. and it appears there's never enough. I think that's the human heart is once we have something, it's never enough. We need to get the next thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, for young people, that can be a real driving force. And not just for young people too. It's for older ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah that's true. Are. These can be very big questions, you know, suffering, money. And sometimes when our children leave their faith, we as parents might get into a very theological 
argument to defend reasons why. So how do parents navigate that? Um, I believe the Bible teaches speak the truth in love. And both of those are important, speaking the truth, but in love. Now, one of our daughters was at university, and when she went there, she came back home for a break and holidays and began challenging us about our stand on morality and the Bible's stand on morality, yeah. especially in relation to the gay issue. And so we, we took her to a restaurant, we sat down, and we actually talked it through with her but she didn't come to any conclusion at that time, and we just had to say, well, you know, this is what the Bible teaches, and we believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and that that is the way that we should live. Mm-hmm. And she knows that, and she mm-hmm. knew that, but uh, she still wasn't convinced uh, because of the influence back at the yeah. university, no doubt. Uh, but we loved her, and we, we showed that it wouldn't affect our relationship with her. Yeah. And it never did. And it came up again and again over years that followed, but it still was not an issue that divided us. She just knew where we stood and the reasons we stood there, but she knew we loved her and accepted her totally at the same time. It seems like that's the key, isn't it? It is the key in all of these issues, no matter what it is, whether it's like even dealing with suffering or loss, understanding what God says and the eternal perspective on things rather than just a few brief years here and things like that that help us to help them to grasp a bigger understanding, but do it in love. What happens then when you tell your child something and then they walk away and they go, well, the Bible's stuck in the dark ages, you're stuck in the dark ages, I don't respect you, I don't respect what you believe. The parents then going, oh, my goodness, what do I do? How should they approach that? Well, Again, you've got to love them and leave them with that because uh, you can't argue with that. And often when a person walks away from God or from the church or whatever, they are wanting to justify Mm. to you their stance or their new direction and they'll grab anything that they can to give reason why they're doing what they're doing. I remember even myself when I was a young eight-year-old when I put my faith in Christ, but in my teenage years I walked right away and no one looking at my life and my my whole world that I lived, no one would have realized that I was a Christian. But I didn't lose my faith. Internally I knew, I I just knew that the truth was the truth and I'd yeah. walked away from it. And it wasn't until I came to the age of 20 that I gave my life to the Lord and and when the reality of my faith kicked in so that I began to follow Jesus as Lord and Master of my life. I was just about to say, so you went from knowing you were saved Mm. and he was your saviour, but he wasn't your Lord Mm -hmm. of your life. That's right. So how did you come about? I guess the meeting of those two things, because many will say, you know, God is my saviour, he loves me, I love him, but I'm still going to sleep with my partner. Or, you know, he he doesn't touch that part of my life, or I'm still going to work those hours and make that money Mm. um, because I can do it. 
Uh, and so he doesn't touch that part of my life. And so when we talk about him being our Lord and Saviour, mm. it's the two together. So can you yeah. talk about that? Well, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I believed I did follow him as Lord as best I could as a young eight, ten-year-old. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I walked away from that uh, in my teenage years, as I said. But that's the freedom of choice I have. And, and even in the Bible, it talks about a man who was living an immoral life and Paul says, give him over to Satan. In other words, let him go the whole hog that direction that his spirit may be saved in the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, if he's a person of genuine faith, then that is real. And we can talk about that a little later. But coming back to this lordship issue, Jesus is Savior and Jesus is Lord. He is both. So when you trust Jesus to be your Savior, he comes into your life. He is also Lord. And I use the illustration of Elizabeth Windsor. If Elizabeth Windsor knocked on your door and you opened there, she stood in front of you, you can't say, Elizabeth Windsor, you can come in, but Queen Elizabeth, you cannot come in. Mm. She is Elizabeth Windsor, but she's also Queen Elizabeth II. And so you can't divide her. She is King, queen. <laughs> um, and so Jesus is king. He is Lord. And so to invite him into your life is to invite That's him good analogy. as mm. Lord. Yeah. Has to be. Unfortunately, so many young people want to just, you know, get the get out of jail free card. Absolutely. And live my life yeah. the way I want to live. Yeah. And that's not just young people, no. is it? It's at full-blown adults as well. You know, yeah. we want to have control. I think we think we have a whole lot of control, but it's a bit of an illusion. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and we yeah. can put a lot of things as Lord in our life. Yeah. Um, we can make a lot of things an idol, whether it's family, yeah. money, jobs, doesn't matter what it is. We can make it more central and yeah. take God off the throne. And so I think giving up those idols and putting him back, our lives can take a very different look. Now, that doesn't mean there's not a cost. No. Exactly. And um, that cost is, obviously, to follow Jesus means to take up your cross. Mm. And the cross was a place of rejection, a place where Jesus and anyone that was crucified was an object of ridicule. And so when you take up your cross, you're following Jesus as one rejected, so you are likely to be rejected mm. too. And it's interesting as you said, you came to the Lord when you were eight. I was five. Yeah. How old were you, Brad? Ten. Ten. Second wow. of June, nineteen seventy-seven. So wow. look at that. We I were still all, remember it. We were all little people. Yeah. And uh, at that point, we didn't understand the cost. No. We just, for me, it was like, well, I'm not going to hell. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I don't know what it was for you guys, but it was that Jesus loved me first, mm -hmm. um, and a loving God. But we don't understand that there are many facets of the Lord. Yeah. And that can sometimes cause us to walk away when the facet that we didn't quite understand when it comes to discipline or there's suffering and pain and what that means. Can you talk about that? Because we kind of see this one faceted we get spoken about, that the love of Jesus, the love of the Lord, the love, mm. but there's many more facets. Yeah. When a, a young person grows up in a family where they're taught the Word of God, and they come to grasp that God is a loving God, but He's also a very 
a powerful God, that he knows everything from beginning to end, mm. he's eternal, but that he's holy and he's righteous. That's his nature. He cannot even look on sin, as the Bible says, mm. that it's totally obnoxious to God to look on sin. It's so alien to his holy nature. And the only reason we can ever stand before God in confidence is that we stand before him in Christ who died in our place. And he gives his righteousness to us. So that's the reason there's nothing in us at all. Mm. Um, But understanding the broad view of God, of who he is, not just a loving God that seems to be emphasized so much today, uh, but a righteous, holy God, and that Christ, the Son of God, took our place and died in our place so that we could be made right with God. It's yeah. just amazing. Yeah, We all need to return to that healthy, reverent fear of the Lord. Yes. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the foundation for a wise life. Our guest today is pastor and author Keith Glasgow. Stay with us as we continue our chat right here on Focus on the Family, Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Hi, and welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. I'm Brett Ryan, along with my wife, Kate, and we're chatting to Pastor Keith Glasgow, an author of the book, Exit, and explores the reasons why some turn away from following Christ. We mentioned before the break that, as some parents do in their desperation and, and wanting to get their children to return, they can make some common mistakes by badgering them or sending them texts or guilting them to want to come back to church and you should be in church and demanding those things. But we need to fight this on our knees. But what are some other things that parents can do other than fighting on our knees? I think that uh, the example of the parents in loving them, as I've mentioned earlier, is so critical. And kids especially want to be loved. And even though they may not seem to respond to you as if they want your love, they do. Yeah, They really do. And so show love in different ways. Um, just spending time with them and accepting them, giving them opportunity to share what they believe. Like, listen to them. Don't just poo-hoo what they say outright. They know where you stand, um, but they want to know that you love them despite their new thinking or their change of direction. So listen to them. Uh, Sit beside them. Don't let the issue, whatever it is, come between you so that you're both focusing on each other. Yeah. Rather, put the issue out so you're standing beside them looking at the issue when you do happen to talk about something that – comes between your faith and their new beliefs. It's such a great way to put it because often, I mean, you mentioned in part one when we were talking, is that if you're associated with something, then they're against you. Mm. Um, And so we have to be very mindful that our children's opinions on something are not who they are. They are an opinion. They are in a thought 
we don't define them by that thing. Exactly. Um, we don't want them to define us by our mistakes or no. what we've done. Mm. And so we have to remember that. Uh, yeah. it's, it's something as a parent we really do have to remember yeah. and respect them as a person. I think yeah. that gets lost. Yes. Yes, I, I agree. And sometimes we just can't do anything. We're like the prodigal's father who waited and he couldn't do anything until his prodigal son turned around in his heart and then physically came back to him. Then he was ready to run out and mm. met him halfway and embraced him and, and welcomed him back and gave him back what he had yeah. wasted. He didn't, I, he didn't badger them with texts. No. <laughs> I, I, I like to think in that moment what God did in the father's heart yeah. Um, in that waiting time, yes. I mean, any parent knows who's yeah. ever walked through anything with your yeah. child, when we're running to God ourselves over our children yeah. and saying, Lord, what do I need to do? Help me yeah. not to let hurt or resentment or bitterness mm. um, enter my heart, yeah. but your love, because our love is so finite. Mm. Um, and if we're just making decisions or trying to give love out of our own heart, then it yeah. doesn't come out right. No. Right. <laughs> and love also must involve forgiveness. And mm. they'll do and say things that will really hurt you. Yeah. Uh, but you've got to forgive them and show that you forgive them, that you don't yeah. hold that against them, that you embrace them despite that. Just mm. like our Heavenly Father does for us. Yeah. Flaws and all. Absolutely. Throws our sins into yeah. the sea of his forgetfulness. Yes. One of our mottos has been forgive, forget, move on. Yeah. Forgive, forget, move mm. on. And if you're in that posture, yeah. it frees you. Yeah. Because if you keep remembering what they did, yeah. and so I, I say this with, you know, like little children, when you're disciplining, yes. you know, during a da yes. any one yes. day, and if you don't forget... Mm. You carry it on to the next one. It's like you need to forgive, forget, move on, because in about 20 minutes they're going to do something else. And if you store up every wrong thing they yeah. do, yeah. you are going to resent them being part of your life and taking up your time. And yeah. how do you have love in your heart when you've got resentment there? Yeah, We were told, choose your battles. Yes, pick <laughs> <Yeah>. them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, so, I mean, also, I believe we've got to pray for them. We've just got to pray for them, but not just pray for them, but pray for them specifically yeah. as the Bible teaches. Now, I thought of this as I was preparing and writing this book. It, it came to me in a personal quiet time that I had as I was reading through James. And I came to James 5 where it talks about the uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man is, has great power and it's working. Then it uses the illustration of... Elijah, and it says, Elijah was a man with like nature as ours. So here's an illustration of a person who prayed, and James is saying we are just like him. There's no difference. He wasn't someone special. Mm -hmm. In one sense, he was a servant of God in a special way, but, but we are like him in this regard that we can pray this way. Now, Elijah was a man of like nature as ours, and he prayed fervently that it may not rain, and for three and a half years— it did not rain on the earth. And that was a disciplinary thing for the nation of Israel. He saw, that is, Elijah saw, that because of Ahab and Jezebel and the whole turning of the nation away from God that they had caused, God said that he would discipline his people. So he prayed that God would discipline them just as he said he would back in Deuteronomy, wherever it was. And then 
God heard his prayer and brought about a drought. Then when there was a repentance and that whole issue was finished, he prayed for rain and the heavens gave rain. Mm. And it says, now, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering in his ways will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So the whole context is for people who are walking away from their faith to pray that God would bring some sort of discipline and when I pray that for people, I pray, Lord, show mercy to them, but do what you need, need. to do to bring them back. It's a tough prayer back. to pray, isn't it? It is tough, but, it is. but we can trust a God who's good mm. and loving yeah. and merciful, yeah. but sovereign and And we so don't announce this to our kids. I am praying that (laughs) God will discipline you. (laughs) And (laughs) because (laughs) I just think that's hilarious because, you know, as parents, you want to say that. This is what I'm praying, you know. (laughs) And they're like, well, that's why I've walked away. (laughs) You know, but I just, I love the concept when you're saying about praying that. I think two parents, as they're praying, they need to remember they're not out there on their own. Mm. There are. So many parents who want to come alongside and Mm. people who their ministry is even prayer Mm. that want to be praying with you alongside you, you know, when two or more are gathered in his name. And I think there's real power in that. And I'm not talking about gossiping about your child and damaging their character. I'm talking about getting some trusted people around you who will stay the course and believe fervently for restoration and healing. Yeah. And praying that those people, not those exact people, but people that God has orchestrated to come alongside your child, your husband, your whoever, will come alongside them and speak truth in love. Because Mm. if that's not a topic you can now talk about with your child or spouse, etc., then somebody else has to step in that gap and praying Mm. that God will bring those people across your children's path. What would you say to the parent who's been praying for their prodigal and they're not seeing for fruits years. and it feels like forever and they're not seeing any change and they've done all these things about loving their child and they're never seeing any repentance? Yeah. What would you say to them? Just keep praying and trusting God and remember that the Lord knows those that are his mm. and we don't know what's going on in the heart of any person, Mm. even those closest to us. But when a person puts their faith in Christ, I'm a firm believer that they are forever saved. Even if they walk away in their lifestyle and get messed up in their beliefs, if a person has put their faith genuinely in Christ and there's been that reality in their life, then uh, they remain members of the family of God. And I use the illustration in the book of Prince Harry. Prince Harry and Meghan walked away from the the royal status and he lost his his royal highness status, but he will forever be a member of the family. He mm. is a son, a grandson in the family, the Windsor family. So uh, he's chosen a lifestyle and a living quite at odds with his whole family, but he's still a member of the family. And I really believe that's so important that you can't be unborn again. You can't be unjustified. You can't be unchosen before the foundation of the world. When a person's faith is genuine, it is a forever thing. But the question is, 
is their faith genuine or not? Only God knows. And we yeah, and um, we're not to judge. Yeah. And I spoke with Daryl Bock, who's a theologian who was here in Melbourne just recently, and he said you don't know to the end, even then you don't know. You just have to trust them to God and believe and do what you can, share what you can in love when the opportunity arises, when it's a God thing for you to say something and you trust God for those opportunities and leave it with him. Mm. Well, we'll have to leave it there because that's where it all is. Mm. It's about that personal relationship. Yeah. And for those who are listening to this broadcast our hearts go out to you and we are praying and believing for those prodigals to return. Mm-hmm. Keith, thank you so much for being disciplined enough to write this book because it's going to be such a blessing to so many. Thank you, Brett and Kate. I appreciate the opportunity. Our guest today was Pastor Keith Glasgow, author of the book Exit. If you'd like to find out more about Keith or to get a copy of his book, go to his website at keithglasgow.com. And our website has numerous articles and podcasts on helping our children come to faith, and including some things about being prodigals. You can go to our website at families.org.au. On behalf of the team, Kate and myself, Brett Ryan, we invite you to another edition of Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.